Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Green and Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Alongside myself, Jonathan Greenwood, we have Sam Mulner. And Sam has been a very, very busy boy in the last few weeks. But in the last couple of days, I think your whole world was just turned upside down, but all in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, at least this one will finally put to bed the rumours of the Jonathan and Greenwood show. So that, that that's, a, that's a bonus. But yeah. Um, I interviewed Alan Shearer the other day, um, which I it, it still seems very surreal to say. Um, it's up on YouTube, but um, we had to do it. We had to turn it into like a, a Greenwood and Mulliner show special because it's Alan Shearer. We've got to milk this cow dry, haven't we? So, uh, yeah, as my phone goes there, as I re believe I'm receiving a crank call from uh, Leeds, England. Keep that in, not editing it out. But uh, yeah, it's one of the best experiences of, of my life, as you'll come to hear. Um, we're not going to give too much away. We'll speak at the end about that. But um, yeah, 20 minutes with the greatest footballer and my, uh, Newcastle will ever have and my childhood hero and many others. Uh, pr pr probably everyone listening, their childhood hero around our age. Best moment of your life? Um... It's up there. It's up there. I That's mean, the question. Is it the best moment of your life? The wife might listen to this. So I'm going to say no. My wedding day and the birth of my two kids were the best day of my life. But I, I, I am nodding. Just for the record, I, I, I am nodding. But yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean... I, I've never had, I never saw Shearer play live I, um, because I couldn't get up there. Um, I'd never, I've never met, spoken to, or been in his presence before. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it was very special. Yeah, of course. And the, again, on Shearer, for people who don't know who he is, which is probably like 0.001%, the greatest Newcastle player of all time. And, I think he, we only got 20 minutes with him, but a big thank you to Sean Wade from the Magpie Group and the Magpie yeah. Group in particular. I think I'll let you go into detail on this, Sam. Without them, we definitely wouldn't have got this interview. Uh, yeah, very true. Um, so I've struggled to get interviews over the past few weeks because our, the Newcastle Fans TV Twitter account is te temporarily suspended. Um, so I've struggled. Um, yeah, so the Magpie group and, and Sean in particular reached out to us whilst that was happening. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's helped enormously and without him we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got this interview as well. So um, it was only right that um, he took your place, Johnny, really. And, uh, you know, co-hosted um, the interview and they, they're they using it as well. They've got the audio as well for their um, their podcast too. So um, it was all in a good cause as well. Alan's got his um, foundation prize draw, which um, closes at 8 a.m. on the 23rd of February, 2021, if you're listening in the future. So don't get entering if you're, you know, listening in 2022 
strange thought that is um yeah so please enter if 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 you've still got time to it's for an amazing cause and there is the link in the podcast description as well to uh to enter the prize draw and, and donate some money yeah and we highly recommend you to that they've over, they've raised over a hundred thousand pounds so far you can get to say two hundred fifty thousand to match the shirt of the 250th goal against manchester city i think that would be absolutely brilliant uh, quick thanks to our sponsor beer 52 and 2021 beer 52 have been the leading beer sponsor for newcastle fans tv and the more more importantly the greenwood and mulner show um, you can get eight cans of any IPA lager beer or stout for £5.95, which is just the price of package and posting. So, yeah, fantastic stuff with beer52.com as well. Well, well, without any further ado, it is the Sam and Mulner Show with Alan Shearer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Newcastle Fans TV uh, for today only in association with the Magpie Group. In the middle there, we have Sean Wade of the Magpie Group. And we've also got a very special guest, um, quite simply, the greatest man ever to pull on the black and white of Newcastle United, Mr. Alan Shearer. Welcome to Newcastle Fans TV. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be on. Thank you. So we've got you here, Alan, to uh, talk about this fantastic prize giveaway. But um, first of all, what gave you the idea to start the the, uh, Alan Shearer Foundation? Well, back in 2006, as you know, I had my uh, I had my testimonial, and I was never ever going to keep a penny of uh, of the proceeds to the game. I mean, the can the fans very kindly paid their uh, the money, and there was no way I could take that. So I decided to give it all away to to charity. I mean, that was the easy part. Deciding to do that, the hard part was well, which because there is no such thing as a bad charity. Which charities can I uh, can I give it to? And I was um, the idea of um, the Alan Shearer Centre, Alan Shearer Foundation was sort of put to me. There was an old derelict building up in West Denton, just off the A69 that needed um, that needed upgrade, and then it was put to me. Wow, this and it was a great idea, um, but it needed a lot of money spent on it. Um, and I was determined once I made that decision that that was one of the that was going to be the main beneficiary. That I was, I wasn't just going to give them money and let them get on with it. I wanted to take an active part in it because I, I, I do, uh, I, I do and, and enjoy seeing it going up and and, and everything that it was, uh, and everything that was promised to me. Um, and it was just from that day, two thousand and six. It's got bigger. It's got better. Um, and it's an it's an amazing place. I mean, the the joy that it gives so many people um, with complex disabilities and their families. And people there that are actually living there in the residential side of it. Um, I mean, whether it's the hydrotherapy pool, whether it's the sensory rooms, whether it's the music rooms, whatever that, whether it's the cafe, whatever it may be, um, we give it away free. But for us to give it away for free, we have to raise around about £250,000 a year to do that. Now, normally we have a ball and we have a golf day, etc. That's... Um, that helps towards that. I mean, the last seven or eight years, we've had a ball at the uh, at the Hilton, which has included Ed Sheeran's come and played. Gary Barlow has 
uh, Ronan Keaton, Ollie Mers, Jess Glynn, Michael McIntyre, Mumford and Sons, um, Beverly Knight. We've we've had some unbelievable acts come and perform for us, and they've done it all for free, which is how we've been able to raise the money and sell sell tables for that, and obviously have an auction for some very special prizes. Um, but like all charities, the last twelve months, ours is no different. We've not been able to raise anything. So I sort of said, what what can I do to try and help that now? I've got the memorabilia, I've got the boots and the tops and the balls and what have you. And I just thought, well, it, it's got to be something pretty special if it's going to raise the amount of funds that we need. So I, I asked my kids if uh, if they would mind if I would uh, if I could give away my my ball, the uh, the boots and the armband and the top that I scored against Man City, my two hundred fiftieth Premier League goal, and they very kindly said yes, no problem. Um, but we want the two sixtieth, so I've still I've still uh, I've still got that and a, and a few more bits. Um, but I didn't have a clue what it was going to raise. I mean, I didn't know whether it was going to raise five grand, ten grand, twenty, fifty. Whatever. Um, I didn't know how much to charge because 10, 10 quid a ticket is a lot of money, um, particularly after after Christmas. So, so for, for all those reasons, I didn't know the, what the reaction would be. But I mean, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, the, obviously, I think the, the, the majority are of Newcastle fans. But even I mean, the messages that I've had from Manchester, Liverpool, London, I mean, all over the world, it's just been unbelievable. And the last time I looked, it was I think it was around about 104 grand, which is just Mind blowing. So, and it's got another ten days left as well. So, that's where the idea came from, and I'm I'm absolutely delighted with the uh, with the response, as you can imagine. Uh, how many uh, tickets have you bought so far, Sean? I've bought five. So, have you really? Uh, Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get a few more there before, uh, before the ten days for sure. There's nothing more I would like to see than actually it would. How lovely would it be if if this was able to raise two hundred and fifty thousand at least, and then at least it's the, it covers the running cost for the foundation, which will cover them for this period that we've been in in, in lockdown and in COVID. You know, so and I think it's a, it's a worthy prize for anyone, and it's a worthy cause for anyone to 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 invest in. So I just think we're almost halfway there, and we'll keep on pushing the best we can. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, it's I really life changing. I really, I really, I really appreciate yeah. everything that everyone's doing for it. As I said, I think a tenner, a tenner is a lot of money. Um, and as I said, particularly after Christmas and the, with the with the pandemic that's uh, that's happened, and as we as we sit here, so it can't be easy for people to shell out ten, twenty, thirty, fifty as 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 you have. And as you see, you're going to buy a few more. So it's, but it is it is a special uh, it is a special giveaway from uh, from me. And I was determined that it had to be because to to attract the interest absolutely i mean for more information and and uh to to get your tickets head on over to alanshearafoundation.org.uk and also alan's um twitter page there's a pinned tweet on there for the link um was it the main reason for for this massive giveaway obviously it's a fantastic prize but no golf day this year. I mean, how much are you missing getting out on the golf course with all these oh, lockdowns? Man, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm missing golf. It's just, <laughs> as you, as you probably know, I love, uh, I love my golf. I try to get out once or twice a week if, um, if work allows that. Uh, but it's just, it's just proven impossible. We can't do it. Um, the sooner golf gets back, the better for uh, for me and for my state of mind. To just get, I love, I love, I love walking around the golf course for four or five hours and no phone on, etc. It's been, it's 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 fantastic, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hearing you, especially when uh, I've got two young kids at home. My wife won't watch this on the floor, but anything for a bit of peace. I think the last time I was on a golf course, I spent four and a half hours just trying to play me ball. <laughs> I know what you're talking about as well. I've been there. Absolutely. Uh, haven't we all? But uh, yeah, over 100,000 raised already. It's absolutely crazy. Um mm. Just for those who don't know and who haven't entered yet, just exactly what is the prize? Because it's the shirt and the, the boots as well, isn't it? It's the framed shirt uh, that I wore, the framed boots uh, that I wore, and the armbands in with the uh, with the shirt as well. They're all in it, um, in, in frames. Um, and I'll present them to the lucky winner at the Alan Shearer Centre, uh, if or when we can. If that's not possible, then I'll do a Zoom link with whoever wins it, and then we'll post the uh, the prizes uh, to them. So yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're they're over there, and the tops on up there, and the boots are to my right hand side. So they're ready and waiting for whoever wins it. Yeah. Um, well, if I win, I, I've, if I win, I'm not I'm not taking the prize. I'm going to give the prize back to your family. But I would like uh, to suggest that they, that there's something done where they're actually shown at the Hancock Museum, and then we can put a donation box there so that the foundation can raise some more money, and then people uh, will be able brilliant. to donate the items. But yeah, no, I awesome. would like to give them back to you. So that's brilliant. That's Thank you, man. That's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> just, just, for the yeah. just for the record, if I win, I, I, I am keeping the prize. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, Bobby Robson, for me, was just absolutely massive, you know, as, as a football personality through from England, you know, Italia 90 and stuff. And obviously when he joined Newcastle, oh, um, it was in, in the times of, of sort of Hullet and it, for me, it, it on the outside, it oh, felt like hello, that hello. Sort of your days were looking like they were going to be numbered at, at Newcastle um, because of how Hull it was, basically. And then, obviously, yeah. um, the, the club done away with him, but and then installed Bobby Robson, thankfully. So, like, I obviously only met Bobby once, and, and I just was in awe of him, you know. He was just like, he was like a god, you know. Yeah. So I just wanted to know, on a personal thing, you know, how what was it like when, when he came in? You know, and in, in, in sort of in, in what he meant to you as a manager, and in, 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 in how he sort of turned things around for you. Know what? Just to give us some insight as to as to what Bobby was like to work with. Well, it, he was a, he was a, as a man manager, he was an absolute genius. I mean, he saved he saved my Newcastle career. I was yeah. I was on the way out. I would I would have to have left if it wasn't um, if. If Rude hadn't have hadn't have gone, then it would have been me that would have gone. Um, but he he went. Bobby came in, and as you know, the vast majority of experienced players were sort of excluded. They were they were on the periphery. They weren't even involved in the uh, in the first team. A lot of them. So what Bobby did is he got all the senior players back in. He got everyone smiling again, being happy on the training ground, which hadn't been the case beforehand. He used all of his man management skills, which were, as I said, he was, a, he was a, honestly, he was a genius at handling. It didn't matter whether you were a 17-year-old kid on £1,000 a week or whether you were a 33-year-old on 60 or 70 grand a week. It didn't. He knew how to handle it. He knew how to get the best out of you. And that was his strong point in handling, handling the players. Um, 
And as you know, his his first home game, Sheffield Wednesday, we, we scored eight, I scored five. And that was it. Everyone was back again, smiling, happy. I mean, he he come in and took the club from the bottom. We, I mean, we're, we would have been relegated. There's no doubt about it. If it wasn't for him, he yeah. come in and took us from the bottom into Champions League football and give us some of our uh, some some of our best nights. I mean, that night in uh, that night in Milan, it was uh, was just ridiculous. Oh. Where I mean, it's one of the, the best European nights I've, I've ever had. Uh, I mean, that that I don't know what there was twelve thousand Geordies behind that uh, behind that goal in the San Siro. What a night! What an atmosphere! Um, just. I mean, it was mind blowing the uh, that that atmosphere that night. So, yeah, he was um, he was just phenomenal as uh, as a, as a man manager. He's that was his great strength is making you feel ten foot tall before you went out onto a football pitch, so you could go out and play to the best of your ability. If only even Cordoba hadn't equalised. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm I'm stuck in the Midlands, so I never got to see you play live, um, Alan, which is one of my huge regrets. Um, but there's nothing I could have done. None of my family were into football. It was down to me to find Newcastle all by myself. Neither I didn't know that it was 220 mile away, but I did get to see you manage Newcastle United. Right. This still irritates me. So I'm wondering if it's the same and you ever think, what if? Newcastle nil, Fulham won. I was there that day. Howard Webb disallowed a perfectly good Mark Viduka goal. He did. It would have been 1-1. We would have stayed up. Do you ever think, what if? Because yeah. I do. I do now and again, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we missed out by, uh, by a point. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't look back. But I, 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 like everything, you think... Can I, can I, should I have done something different? Could I have done something different? And I mean, I've worked, I mean, I worked my nuts off like everyone else to uh, to try and keep the football club in the, uh, in the division. It wasn't to be. Um, every other manager before me that season, and don't forget I was the fourth manager that season. Kevin Keegan had tried. Chris Hutton had tried. Joe Kinney had tried. They all had, um, they all had more games than, uh, than, than I did, I think. So, um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't for the want to try, and it just wasn't to be. But I do remember that incident very well, like you're talking about. And I, I, I looked back at it a few, just a few times, as you can imagine. It was never ever a foul. <laughs> never. If, if only V. If only VAR had been back in there. Exactly. <laughs> Where was VAR? However, exactly. ten or so years ago, we exactly. God knows what would have happened. I, exactly. I, I haven't forgiven Howard Webb yet. I'm not. Well, I say I'm over. I'm over it now. I'm not. Um, <laughs> Sean, um, Alan touched upon his testimonial earlier on, and um, we've been lucky enough to have both Henry Winter and Celez Ferdinand on Newcastle Fans TV before, and they both cite that night as a as one of the best nights of their lives. Henry Winter said he couldn't remember getting back to his hotel room, and Les Ferdinand was on the DJ decks, I understand, uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in Shearer's uh, bar yeah. that night. Yeah. Um, Sean, what do you remember of that night? Because it was a great occasion, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, yeah, no, the, the testimonial game was absolutely fantastic. And um, that was obviously like the, kind of the, a closing game on Alan's, on Alan's career, as it were. Um, and obviously wasn't fit to play because of that horrendous tackle um, by the the unwashed, let's call them. Um, but basically, um, 
Yeah, so it, but I, what I always loved was the, the penalty decision at the end, you know, where he, he got to come on. Stonewall, Stonewall pen. Yeah, yeah, Stonewall penalty, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then basically it was kind of, so really speaking, it was kind of finished off with, with 2000 and, like 2007, uh, sorry, 207 goals, really, in my mind, um, because I got an opportunity <laughs> to walk out on that game. Um, but I thought Celtic that night as well, their support and yeah, the, the, the camaraderie and, and the banter around Newcastle and the ground was just absolutely phenomenal. It was it was a great night. And you also donated all of your, uh, well, all of the, the takings, didn't you? Actually, to start up the foundation, as it were. That's where it all started. Um, yeah, we raised one point six million that night, and that's wow. where it all uh, that's where it all started. Yeah, so that was all given away to to charity. But I mean, just I don't know how to try and put it into perspective. Is that try and put yourself in in my position? You, you I, I'm a Geordie. I was born and bred in Newcastle and brought up in Gosforth, and I went to watch my idol, my hero, Kevin Keegan, on his debut in '82 at the Gallagher end. Uh, I, I went there every week. I was a huge fan. So, I mean, I, I, I'm the luckiest lad alive to come back and to not only to come and play for Newcastle and wear the number nine shirt and and break my dad's heroes record, Jackie Milburn. Um, I mean, Jesus, what a, what I've, I've lived the dream, haven't I? It just doesn't get any better than that. And then to have that testimonial at the end of my ten years is just it was phenomenal, absolutely amazing. So yeah, I've been one hell of a lucky lad. Final question before uh, we let you go, Alan. I appreciate uh, your time. No um, obviously, well publicised. You chose your hometown club over Manchester United, for which we're all eternally grateful for. What gave you more pleasure when playing? Was it scoring against Sunderland or scoring against Man United? Because I've seen the footage gets replayed over and over again, and that famous little uh, eyeball stare out with Roy Keane. What 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 tops it? Which one? Do you know what it is? To me, it didn't matter whether I scored against I don't know Scunthorpe, Southampton, Sunderland, Man United, Inter Milan, whoever it, whoever it may be. It just it didn't bother me. That's what I loved doing: was scoring goals and the feeling of seeing the ball at the back of the net. It just didn't bother me at all. It just I just wanted to score goals. Didn't care who it was against. I mean, uh, you. you that feeling of seeing the ball at the back of the net on that. I mean, it was ironic, a bit of fate, really. If you don't believe in fate, then perhaps you should, because for me to miss a penalty at the Gallagher end, I waited years to get another penalty against Sunderland to try and rectify that uh, that situation. And as it turned out, it was my last ever kick of a football in the Premier League was that penalty at Sunderland. So yeah. it, was to, it wasn't it was a bad way to go out, was it scoring and winning 4-1 at, uh, at Sunderland? I mean, I don't think I've ever been as nervous standing over a penalty uh, as I was <laughs> over that penalty because I practised all week. There's no way I could have missed that uh, missed that penalty. I don't think I would have retired if I had have, uh, had have missed that penalty. I would have to stay on for another season. Um, but I was, uh, yeah, the relief and the pressure that I was under to uh, to score that was 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 immense. So I was delighted when it uh, when it went when it sort of hit the back of the net. So it didn't bother me who I scored against. But I have to I have to admit that 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 last kick of a wall was a pretty special one. Oh, absolutely. Out of, Alan, out of, out, sorry, Alan, out of you, obviously, scoring 260 Premier League goals. Um, now, out of, obviously, these boots, the shirt and the captain's armband, this is your, your 
250th goal. Out of them yeah. 250 goals, do you, do you have a favourite? Um, favourite and best ones? I mean, geez, I scored the first one at my home debut, at, uh, which was always my dream to score at St James's Park. So that was obviously very special. The two goals, as I've said, in, in Milan were, were massive. I mean, I got a hat-trick in the Champions League, Leverkusen it was. The goals in the semi-final at, um, at Old Trafford against Spurs and Sheffield United. I mean, that, that Old Trafford was rocking on both of those occasions. I remember them well. But the, be- the, the most, I think the most important one and, um, and the best feeling I've, I've, I've had was when I broke Jackie Milburn's record. I mean, honestly... The feeling that 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 <laughs> afternoon when I saw the ball hit the back of the net because it had been it had been a long time I never thought yeah. I was um, I was going to do it and then to to break the record that had stood for so long of such an iconic uh, figure in Newcastle in, in Jackie Milburn as I said my old man's hero so I still think my dad thinks he, that he was better than I was but uh, so <laughs> but. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, that that feeling, uh, the ten or fifteen minutes after that goal, I mean, talk about the hairs on the back of your neck standing up was was just one of those mental moments. So, the probably the the best feeling was was that one. Yeah. After all that time, still did Andy O'Brien for pace as well. But, uh, <laughs> superb. Head on over to alanshearerfoundation.org.uk and. Oh, enter as much as you can to support this fantastic cause my thanks to sean wade of the magpie group and of course the, the greatest player the ever my childhood <laughs> hero everyone's <laughs> hero just the Thank greatest striker of all time the premier league's greatest harry kane you're not beating the record so <laughs> calm down mr <laughs> alan shearer thank you so much for your time alan it's been an absolute pleasure so please Thank like you guys you're welcome back on the channel anytime needless to say please like and subscribe to Newcastle Fans TV and we'll see you Shira, 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 Shira. there you go the man the myth the legend Alan Shira speaking to Newcastle Fans TV's very own Sam Muller for the special Greenwood and Muller show um, Sam I said to you before in the intro was it the best moment of your life Um <laughs> Was it the best 20 minutes of your life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was Valentine's Day last night. Um, yeah, it was It was very special. And it was off such the spur of the moment because I got half an hour notice between Alan saying, yes, I've got some time now um, to me setting up everything, setting up the stream and, and then just getting straight into it. So the prep I had was next to nothing. Um, obviously Lee did a cracking job in the edit, which you can see on YouTube, obviously, if you haven't already. Um yeah, it was it was very, it's still very surreal now. Cause um we're we're talking the morning after um it aired on YouTube. Um and the feedback has been a hundred percent positive, um, which I'm eternally grateful for. Um it, it, it's very surreal. It doesn't quite seem real yet. And like I, I recorded it Friday, the Friday night, so two days before it went out on YouTube. So I didn't sleep much Friday night because I was still buzzing even after necking two cans of Thatcher's Somerset Hayes. Lovely. But, uh, yeah, it was... Not BF52. 
Uh, no, I've run out of Beer 52, actually. I'm, I'm awaiting my um, case from beer52.com forward slash NFTV. Um, I'm awaiting my case. It should be here on the 17th. But, um, yeah, it's um, it, it's very surreal. I'm eternally grateful for Alan's time. He follows me on my personal Twitter now, <laughs> at Sam Mulliner on Twitter. So that was a pleasant surprise, too. So it was it, it's amazing. And um, it, was, it was just... Exactly how, like like um, George said to us on this podcast a few weeks ago, George Colkin, he's exactly what you um, hope and expect him to be. So whoever said never meet your heroes is um, talking out their ass. Yeah, well, it is, it, is a, it is a funny saying because I know you we've talked before about never meeting the heroes and there's a there's a um, a person that you class as a hero when you're growing up, Sam, and We'll just say he's a darts player, and you met him, and you weren't, and you were kind of gutted because just the experience you had with this dart player. Um, yeah, but I've met Alan a couple of times. I don't, I doubt you remember any of them. Um, the first time I met Alan Shearer was when I was playing football for Whitley Celtic. Um, we were playing wide open. I think his son was playing for wide open at the time. Um, oh really? And well, a little bit younger because I think Will's a little bit, obviously a little bit younger than me. Unfortunately, I'm a bit of an old sod now. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I was just in awe of him. I was like, "Oh my god, this is Alan Shearer!" And I think you, you have that moment of realization. You're like, "Oh my god, I'm in the presence of God." Um, <laughs> but one the one time which I was telling you, and I'll tell the listeners, it was my dad's fiftieth birthday, and we went to a restaurant in Newcastle called Harry's. It's my mum and dad's favorite restaurant, and um, it's right next to the Theatre Royal. And we went there, my, me, my mum, my dad, my brother for my, for my dad's fiftieth, and we were just probably just about finishing our starters, getting ready for the mains. And um, was, I'm sure, was that Alan Shearer in the corner? <laughs> and um, it, it was like, oh my God, it is. And my dad was like, oh, I'd love to actually even get a picture with him because it'd be my birthday. I was like, well, we'll see what we can do. And then about 15 minutes there, is that Rob Lee? Is that John Beresford? <laughs> so it was Alan Shearer, Rob Lee, John Beresford and no missus. Um, obviously, I think it was like a Friday night or something. And um, just, you know, having a great time and very nicely of them. They all had a picture with my dad on his 50th birthday and I have to try and get that picture uh, up somewhere. But um, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that, that moment in particular. You know, my dad's obviously watched Newcastle through some good years and bad years, but the 90s has obviously been a, it was a great uh, time to be a Newcastle fan and my dad obviously saw the likes of Shearer very suddenly in, 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 the, uh, in the good days. So that was brilliant. But, Sam, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about this interview was when you obviously knew that you had him, and I know you only had half an hour, there must have been so many questions that you wanted to ask. And I know there was only so many so many questions you could ask in the end. But Do you know what? You could, if you could have your time again, is there anything different you'd ask? Do you know what? It was the complete opposite to that. My mind went blank. No way. My mind went completely blank, and I was... Um, I wasn't panicking, but as I was setting it up, um, I said on the Black and White show the other week that um, Carl um, barged his way on the stream and was and was waiting with me um, whilst we were waiting for Sean and then Alan to come on. And Carl, Carl was just trying to chat to me normally, and I was getting so snappy with him. And I have apologised since, and he, he completely understood, bless him, because Carl's sound is, sound is out. But um, I just I needed to kind of sit down and focus for five minutes just to compose myself and gather my thoughts because um, 
I produce this show, but you you tend to write you write it and um, well have the loose kind of you know written thing that we kind of stick to, and then I just kind of vibe it. So the last proper interview I did solo was the four the like the five minutes with Gabriel Clark, which was easy enough. But then the last before that was Henry Winter, which was ages ago. That was in the first lockdown. So. I I needed like just to kind of compose myself and just gather my thoughts and obviously get the stuff about the foundation in because that's mightily important at the moment because times are pressing and it's it's a fantastic charity, fantastic cause and a fantastic prize. My word. Um, but yeah, the other the other questions I asked there was so many to choose from. That's I think that's probably why my head went blank because where do you start? Ten years at Newcastle United so much happened during them 10 years um plus what happened since um with his stint as manager and everything so it's it's where do you where do you start and and kind of not ask questions where he's been asked them a hundred million times before in every interview where if you type an alan Shearer interview on youtube you can just go and get the answer to like that you know so wanted to try and do something a bit different. Sean had a couple of questions he wanted to, to get in there specifically, which which I obviously let him do. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, I was just relieved to, you know, not fuck up too much. <laughs> I think I think you always say to me, "Do you ever get nervous?" And I think the fact that you. Obviously, the way we do interviews at the minute is obviously online, so you can kind of hide your nervousness, to say oh, the least. Yeah. I think when you've got an Alan Shearer, it doesn't matter if you're doing it next to him, if you're doing it at a golf course, or you're doing it um, online, you still probably get those butterflies in your stomach. But I have to say that the questions you asked, um, a couple of questions I didn't think of, like the Howard Webb incident against Fulham well, was an interesting one. But uh, that, I, I was that glad was asked about the Sunderland and Manchester United question. I thought that was quite a very, I thought that was a very good question. Thank you. Um, I, I I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm very grateful for all the positive feedback I have received. Um, but the the Howard Webb one, Fulham one, was kind of an easy one for me because I was there that day, and it's something that, that genuinely. Sad does play it genuinely does play on my mind i still think about it every now and again now because you just think well what if this had happened because he often got maligned for being like taking us down and whatnot but he was chucked in at the deep end and i don't think he did too bad like compared to you know look at gary neville at valencia and all that it was nowhere near as bad as that and i think he was a bit unlucky because had that that goal not been disallowed we would he would have kept us up Eight games is so is not enough for any manager. Like Rafa Benitez had ten games, and mm. I don't think we could have really asked much more from Rafa in terms of those games. Like we beat the likes of um, who would we beat? Would beat uh, that's a good. This is great. I can't remember who would beat Spurs. We definitely beat Spurs. We beat Swansea. Uh, we beat Crystal Palace. Yeah. You know, got points against Sunderland, Liverpool, Manchester City. Like we picked up some. I think picked up twelve points in ten games, which was nowhere near enough like the amount of points we thought we'd get and then obviously when announced time at, at, towards the end of Newcastle eight games is just not enough and you look at some of the results like Stoke we've got a point away from Stoke who were doing well in their first they were season, doing well they? I think there's only one game where he'd be genuinely disappointed and that was Portsmouth at home 0-0 yeah 
Yeah, I, I remember Peter Lovencrantz being through one on one. Yeah, and I thought it was in. I was already celebrating, but it's funny. Even though that Fulham game, I was still thinking because of me being a Newcastle fan and never really experienced Newcastle finishing anything lower than thirteenth or something. I was thinking we'll stay up, we'll stay up, we'll just will because we're Newcastle. And, and it was it was such a shock. Like I wasn't I was not upset, but it was just a, such a shock. But when you probably in Alan's situation where if he'd if he kept us up. Who knows what could have happened? He could, he could, like, I'm, maybe he won't be Newcastle manager as in now because this is over 10 years ago. But who knows what would have happened? Who knows? Would Mike actually still be at the club? And there were so oh. many questions. But it's, it, I think that the one thing we need to bring it back on to, I know you've had all the questions with, uh, with Alan, but the, the charity and the foundation work, um, he doesn't have to do this. But because of everything that's going, everything that's going on, um, he felt almost complied to do it when, when I was listening to the interview. Yeah, because obviously with COVID this over the past twelve months, he can't run events, the fundraising events. He he just can't do um, for obvious reasons. So I don't think it's a case of him wanting to give away something as special as what he is: shirt, boots, uh, captain's armband from the game where he scored his two hundred and fiftieth goal at um, at Manchester City. It's a case of well. As he touched on in the interview, there he needs two hundred and fifty thousand pound a year to run that foundation to keep it helping people for for no charge. So, like all great charities, they are reliant on donations, and and this will help. I mean, last time I checked, it was about one hundred and eight thousand donated, which is fantastic. So I hope um, this interview goes some way to bumping that up even further and um, raising as much cash as possible. And um, whoever wins that prize is one hell of a lucky person. Could you imagine having that framed in your in your house? You know, only one person has scored two hundred and fifty goals in the Premier League, and his name's Alan Shearer. That just tells you as it is. And you know, Harry Kane might get there, but you're talking a long time for Harry Kane to get there. So to have that in your in your house, oh, I thoroughly recommend it. The, the actual link for the Shearer Foundation is on the YouTube video. Um, as well, I'm sure we can try and get it in on uh, the podcast. Yeah, it will be. It's on there. It's on there. So yeah, there you go. So make sure you can uh, get the, get into the competition. It's not long to go, but make sure if you've got a spare ten pounds. I know that seems quite a, a lot, but for the prize you could win. For that, for ten pounds, could be absolutely mind blowing to say the least. Yeah, um, I've had more. I've had more than one go. How can you not? <laughs> exactly. Um, I think the, the last word has to go to you, Mister Mulner. Um, Alan Shearer ticked the box from so many Newcastle fans, but ticked the box for you because obviously you never met him. Um, can anything better us? Um, I mean, he can come on again. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can come on again and, and we'll get you involved and um, see if we can have an hour with him, but I don't know the chances of that happening. Probably very slim, but... Um, Absolutely amazing. I mean, a quick apology to Fordy, who should have been this week's podcast episode. I've been t- messaging him this morning as it goes. Um, but yeah, I apologise for, for bumping him onto next week, but um, it had to be done. It's Alan Shearer. There's, um, there is only one Alan Shearer, that's for sure. So yeah, sorry, sorry Fordy, but um, you have to wait for next <laughs> week to, to listen to your show. But uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, a day I'll never forget. Um, it hasn't sunk in yet, so when it does, great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just um, 
please donate if you can to the Alan Shearer Foundation. And if you win the prize, feel free to give it me. I'm sure everybody would say, <laughs> let's give it to Sam Mullen because he's a match Shearer once and he'd be absolutely delighted. Hopefully. Is, this is a quick question for you. Best Shearer moment at Newcastle? Um... Oh, so my person, so the the obvious thing is favorite Shearer goal, and obviously there's the best Shearer moment. Best Shearer moment at Newcastle. Best Shearer moment. Uh, There's a few. Obviously, one he touched on was the goal against Portsmouth to break the record. Um, there's loads for so many different reasons. That for. Obviously, for its historical value, then you've got the stare out with Roy Keane, which is just ace. Then you've got um, Neil Lennon headbutting his boot, which was just so incredibly naughty. Because then you had David Batty carry off Neil Lennon as well. And um, it's just so many to choose from. You can't choose. And then the testimonial. What a night that was! Amazing, incredible night. Which is obviously, as Alan said, it's where the foundation idea all all stemmed from, all, where it all started. So you can't, you can't. I'm sorry, I'm not going to answer your question because you just cannot choose one. I think one of my early, probably is one of my best moments. It's that goal against Inter, well, the two goals against Inter Milan, uh, yeah. San Siro. I, I just, I'd never thought Newcastle would ever have half a chance of being that Inter Milan team. You got to remember some of the players that are playing in that team as well. Like they were. Incredible, and they battered us at home as well. A few weeks previous, like 4 1, it could have been eight, Mm. could have been eight, and we wouldn't have had any complaints that day as well. But uh, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite months. But uh, yeah, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Sound and Wellness Show. Um, (laughs) uh, Again, big thanks to Sean Wade because again, we probably wouldn't have got this interview without his help and the Magpie Group's help in in particular. So again, a massive, massive thanks to them. Um, but yeah. We'll keep on going with all these Green and Mulner shows. That was episode number 30. So this, well, it was supposed to be 30, but it's 29 now. So next week when Fordy says he's episode 29, yeah, and, uh, yeah sorry, Fordy. He's now 30. <laughs> I think I don't think he'll mind. I don't think he'll mind. But uh, yeah, that's so we've got, we've done, we have filmed episode 30 episodes and we have got a couple more lined up in the next week or so. So yeah, we've got, we're, we're keeping busy. We'll, we'll hit 50 before we know it. And uh, yeah, big thanks to everybody that listens. And if you can put a review and if you want to leave a five-star rating, that'll be even better because we do put a lot of work into this. And if we can, like I say, keep it going, then I'm sure we'll be all very, very happy in the near future. But from myself and Mr. Sam Mulner with his arm in the air, celebrating (laughs) like Shearer after doing that 20 minutes, uh, we'll see you all very, very soon.